We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Okay, well, welcome back to another episode of the Eight Black Hands. I am Chris Stewart, better known as Citizen Stewart from the Twitter. Uh, we've got six black hands today because we're missing our, our homeboy, uh, Charles, who's not with us. Dr. Cole is not with us today. So we're missing two of our black hands, but um, he will catch up with us on another episode. So, uh, Sharif and uh, Ray, we, we out here without a net. How y'all doing? Hey, man. What's going on? Good to see y'all. I know. Look, it, it feels like we're not regular on our cycle like we should be. Um, yeah, we're, it's, a, it's been a little crazy uh, scheduling, but uh, we'll, I'll see you guys this weekend. Well, tomorrow. Oh, right? hey, well, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say this weekend. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, Sunday. Tomorrow. Yeah, today's tomorrow. Sunday. I've done lost track. I'll see y'all tomorrow in San Antonio. Looking forward to that. That should be really good. We're going to jump right in. I want to say hi. Hello, bro. Hello. Come on. Oh, hey, man. Hello. So, so, so guys, I kind of want to dedicate this episode to, uh, to Rachel. I don't know Rachel's last name, but I know she's really close to Charles and and recently she passed away. She's a parent advocate uh, out in Oakland. And I, Mm -hmm. and I, I I want everybody to lift her in in their spirits and, and keep, keep her family in her thoughts and prayers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's something about this work and, and Charles, I should say what it is. So uh, Charles, who's not with us today on, on the podcast, uh, had been working with with um, an activist in Oakland. Her name is Rachel Willis, uh, Rachel Willis Henry. She's been a parent activist for a while and a, um, an advocate doing really good work there. She's in her 30s and she had a heart attack uh, and passed away this week. And um, and and. Uh, Charles kind of just really pointed out that he knows that the stress of the work that she had been doing had been weighing on her. Um, And it's no joke. When you hear people talk about self-care and about advocacy, how it weighs down on you and how racism weighs down on you over time, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people actually don't believe that. But it's true, right? You can only have so much stress. Oh yeah, I mean studies after study. I mean they they attribute a lot of the, uh, you know, the earlier average death of black people can be contributed to the stressors of being black in America, and it's it's no joke. It's no joke. And she's out here fighting. So let's keep her in our thoughts and our prayers. Uh, for anybody listening, um, if you know an activist, be extra supportive of the activist because it's not really an occupation. It's a calling. And uh, because it's a calling, you don't put in regular hours like other people do. Oftentimes you put in more hours than you should um, in, in doing this work. So from there, let's pivot, y'all. Because we got a quick show to do here um, about something that we encounter all the time. So on Twitter, there is always this teacher. There's a teacher on Twitter who knows everything, who has an entire vocabulary created around why charter schools are bad and choice is bad and reform is bad and reformers and the people who fund reformers and just keep going down the list. It's a it's a 
global conspiracy uh, of sorts. And you jump on Twitter and you say a little thing here, there about like, well, I think black kids should have some options. I don't think it's working out too well for us. You know, stuff that's not really all that provocative. It's just, it's what we call history. <laughs> it's just, it just is what it is. And you get the blowback. You find yourself in this position that Sharif, you found yourself in today, but I have found myself in the same position for years now mm-hmm. with somebody lecturing you. And then your timeline loads up with white folks who are educated, college educated people teaching in schools. Some won't tell you what schools they're teaching in for good reason. We're going to talk about that. Some won't even tell you their names. <laughs> Some won't even tell you their names and it's on purpose because they don't want you looking up what their results. So we have, we have. Well, six- it's, it's not just white folks, man. but some black folks too. Mostly white folks on my timeline. On my timeline too. And, and honestly, the reason I call it out with white folks is because I'm usually speaking as a parent, not for everybody else's child, not for every other race of children, but I just happen to know that people similarly situated like I am have a right to say what we want to say about our schools, like what we want to do for our kids. And we're going to get lectured. We're going to have people lecturing us about privatization, neoliberalism, the Waltons, the Cokes, all that nonsense. So anyways, Sharif, so set wait, it up. Before, before, yeah. Wait, before y'all, before y'all jump into this, I want to ask you always one wait. real quick question. He's always got to do it. Charles, ain't yo, but, <laughs> Charles isn't even here yo, for you to be the antagonist on this show. No, I'm not trying to be an antagonist. I'm just trying, I'm trying, to, figure, I'm trying to figure it out. What do you, you feel like? Do you feel like teachers are beyond reproach? No, I don't I think like this. Nobody's no. beyond reproach. No, no. And I think, I think actually they get a lot of public sympathy to the point where they feel like they're beyond reproach. Like anything you say about a teacher is why are you bashing teachers? That's the response you get. It's the only occupation I know where you can't even say anything mildly critical without facing some sort of social stigma around bashing And I just think that's really honestly because it's been a feminine occupation for a long time. And what we know about America is anything where you're attacking white women uh, is is wrong. It's the biggest no-no in history. So you're talking about a white woman's profession in this way. We can't talk about teachers the way that we talk about police officers when we have a a problem with police officers. I think that's because of gender. Um, But no, why, why are you asking do we think they're beyond reproach. Uh, basically, for what you just said, it, it seems like every time there's some kind of criticism about a teacher, then it becomes like your teacher bashing. And that and that's not it. And it's not no. okay for people to feel that way. No. If you're teaching my child, then I should be able to say to you in a, in a constructive way, things that are going to help you better be, be better equipped to teach my child. And so everything that comes out of our mouths is not teacher bashing. Most of the stuff that comes out of our mouths is not teacher bashing. It's just letting you know that there's a standard, there's a threshold that needs to be adhered to when you're teaching our kids. Well, I'll just say this. You and Sharif are actually in education and educators. I'm in parent activism and I'm knee deep in kids still, right? So since 94, I have been dealing with schools as a parent. Right. That's a lot of years. And I still have some years to go. Um, But it's educators who tell me a good amount of what I know. Right. So educators can walk into a school and tell you what teachers shouldn't be there and which ones shouldn't be teaching. But they don't do that. Right. So I'm not 
you can say it's teacher bashing. Anyone can say it's teacher bashing. But if it's teacher bashing, it's coming from other teachers too, right? I know a lot of realistic teachers <laughs> who will just tell you straight up about what goes down in their schools and about how some people shouldn't even be before children. And oh, they one. You get a lot of folks on the, you know, to the side and, you know, where they're not worried about repercussions, they tell you. Like they'll tell you. People, like when and and it's the thing about it is like, you know, there were teachers who told me when I first became uh a teacher, a classroom teacher, they said, you know, don't go to certain schools because that's where the black and poor kids are. You won't be successful there. Like these were mm-hmm. teachers telling me that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, this whole idea like, oh, you know, there's racism all around America, but you know, in the schoolhouse, they're immune to racism. They're immune to bias <laughs> against black kids. Everything is just a beautiful, you know, utopia. And that's like, that's, there's no part in history that shows that, you know, black folks were given quarters. And, uh, you know, that what was that movie, No Country for Old Men? That's how schools are. <laughs> like, no place no for black for children. Black <laughs> right? Like, that's that's just been the history of it. You know, overall, yeah, you have pockets of stuff where, where but, but overall, the system itself was not built for black children. And so I, I just get really agitated when, particularly white folks, when they come in on, riding in on their horse to tell me how beautiful the public school system has been for black kids. I'm like, yo, talk for yourself. Like right. I went to, I went to public schools in high school, my siblings, I actually did it. I, I added up cause I, you know, I was writing something earlier. My grandparents from both sides, maternal and paternal, there's two, there's so four, four people mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. these two, these two families, these two sets of grandparents, they have 46 grandchildren and great grandchildren, mm-hmm. forty six. Mm-hmm. Very few of them uh, ended up going to their traditional neighborhood school, mm-hmm. and that started from my grandparents. My grand, my paternal grandfather had six kids. Nary one of them went to their neighborhood school, and my grandfather would say there was not a place for them to be educated. My grandmother on maternal side, grandparents on maternal side, had two. They lasted about a week and a half at their neighborhood school before my parents like, nah, they my grandparents said, nah. And so, but then I got the, these white folks jumping on my timeline, trying to lecture me. To, had a nerd to tell me what the NAACP stands for and what they do. <laughs> Last year, some yeah. joker was on my timeline telling me, well, Dr. King was, I'm like, yo, shut up. Okay, so, so let's, let's set this up just so like listeners know. <laughs> so, so today, um, in, in, uh, on Twitter, in uh, 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 Sharif's timeline, there was something about charter schools. And there's a teacher named Steven Singer who writes and has written a book and writes a blog and actually teaches still as a classroom teacher, uh, jumped in with all of the things that you would normally say about charter schools when you're from his side of the aisle, which is, you know, charter schools um, are tricking kids and tricking families. They're cherry picking. Um, and then they do all this bad stuff. And he, he, he said this in the timeline, he is the defender of children of color. He, yeah. he, he, he works with some and there's some in his school. And because he does that and he grew up in a poor integrated school, he is the defender of black people. And he's saying this 
to Sheree Phil Mackey. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, man, what is up? like Monty, Monty Python type shit? <laughs> but let me lecture you about your people. About your people. Yeah, that's that's how he, he was coming across. Then he's gonna tell me. Then of course he jumped in, like, you know, all black schools are bad. They're just inherently bad. Like, you know what? Like, you know how many all white school? I, I never hear y'all talking about issues about how bad all white schools are. Every single time it comes up, they're talking about all black schools. Yeah. And he, I mean, of course, he's like the separate and equal. I'm like, first of all, we've never actually seen separate and equal. If we actually saw that, we might like that shit. We never, we've never seen it. It's never wait, been. Equal. Wait, 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 it's, wait, wait, it's wait. It's never wait. been equal in all. <laughs> they're underfunded. They get the teachers without the uh, experience. They get the teachers that don't care about them. Like it, it's not the same. And okay, so- to this point though, <laughs> let's let's get specific, right? Because he says separate but equal. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to look at. St- Steel Valley Middle School, which is the school where he teaches, because that is an integrated school. Steel Valley Middle School in Pennsylvania. It just has the ring of like an awesome, lovely little school. Steel Valley, not special. So Steel Valley is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's integrated. It's 62% white students and it's 31% black students. And, you know, it's integrated. It's got Hey, wait, 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 wait. Where's this voice coming from? Like, what the hell is That's the church right lady from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> in the special. In the special. Um, right, you're not old enough to remember that. He's he not old enough for anything. Um, so anyways, y'all want to talk about this? We Do we want to talk about Steel Valley Middle School, where our expert of children of color and our expert of black history, black culture, black civil rights organizations, where he teaches? So how are the outcomes, educators? We we absolutely need to talk about this, right? But here's the reason why we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it because these people come in and they formulate themselves as the experts when they come from shit schools. So you cannot be the expert of black people when your black in your schools are failing, when your black students are failing. You cannot be the expert. You can't. So, so listeners, if you are listening to this, the black kids in, in this, in his school, 18% of them are proficient in math. 53% of the white kids are proficient in, in, I'm sorry, in English, in math, less than 1% (laughs) of black kids are proficient in math at his school. Less than 1%. Chris, 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 Chris. Wait, 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 one second. Wait, 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 Stop, stop this shit right now. You mean to tell, you mean to tell me that less than a person is proficient? Okay, so it's less than a percent. And listen, I'm no great brain. I went to child, uh, I went to, to, to public schools. But let me just say this, the alligator mouth is pointed towards the 1%, which oh I learned was when the alligator mouth thing is going towards a number, it means the other thing is smaller than that one. So the alligator mouth is pointing towards 1%, which tells me that the black kids are doing less well than 1%. Now, let's just be real. The state average for black kids is 11%, and that's nothing to write home about. But how are you an expert on kids of color 
and those damn charter schools that are robbing these kids of an education and not even teaching them. And you're in a school where less than 1% of black kids are proficient in math. And what did I say it was in English? Less than 18% or 18%. So, so here's the, here's the problem. Here's the I mean, problem he's that an I expert because right? he's, he's a white guy with a, with a with a mouthpiece. Like I mean, that's why okay. he's an expert. But beyond that, right? I think so so when we when we when we get into when we get into this whole charter versus public school thing, right? We must say that if that was a charter school and black kids were performing that way, they would have shut that shit down. I mean, or they would be talking about it like it was the worst thing ever. I mean, they would be saying this charter school is not serving kids very well. I mean, listen, the great schools write up on this. For equity, it gets a two out of one to ten from one to ten. Um, for low-income students, it gets a three. It's ranked a, a rated a three on a scale of one to ten. It says it has a word. A, a worrisome sign is what it says. Test scores at this school fall below the state average. They don't just fall a little bit below. They fell, fall well below. Um, but the, the kids that are getting it the worst um, are the kids of color, right? The, 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 the black kids specifically. How? So if this is your school, how do you get on Twitter and lecture black people about what they should be doing with their kids? I mean, but that's the, that's the whole thing. Like any, and regardless of, of of where he is, even if he was a random guy on the on the street, like they they have to stop this. And then I'm also curious about his his school. So he starts fifth through eighth grade. So fifth grade, they're just getting there. How are they in eighth grade? So four, you know, four years later, how are they? Well, I don't know. I mean, we should take a look. I'm imagining I've seen this movie before. Uh, I'm imagining it don't get great. But listen, it does say that they have some growth. Um, um, they've got some, you know, looks like average. Wait, wait, wait. Before, before, before you start talking about growth, bro, you know, you can easily grow when you're starting at zero. <laughs> well, you got nowhere to go but up, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you're at the bottom. I mean, less than 1%. Hell, I could, I'm not even a teacher. I can, I can do better than that. Bro, yeah. we can hug them. We can, we can hug them. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and they've got, they have a suspension rate of black kids that is double the state average. And he's the expert on, oh, okay. So now I know well, how he's not, the not just the no. expert. He's the, he's the, uh, the superhero for them. Cause he fights against anybody who takes that's advantage that's, that's, of black children. That's because and, he's trying to lie. He's trying to line them up for for-profit prisons. And you know, their black suspension rate is, is more than twice the, the white suspension rate and, and twice what it is for black kids in the state. So they're, they're a suspension factory. Is wait, what they are. So wait, let me get, let me get this straight. So the white kids double the amount in population. Yep. But the black kids double the amount in suspension. Man, we've seen this. We've seen this before. I mean, it's nuts, ain't it? It's so so. So listen, not to beat up on this school too much, because listen, uh, this isn't really about this particular school not doing well, because America is full of these type of schools. But what it is uh, about is that educators in schools like this who feel very confident about their middle classness, their college educatedness, their books that they write, because let's, let's be real, he wrote a book, 
right, about what's right and wrong in education and, and their, their ability to just like project all of their shortcomings on charter schools, their ability to have you talking about that. So let's just talk about the fact that in this timeline, when this is going back and forth, we have an anonymous teacher who there's a million of them sock puppets, union sock puppet teachers who have random handles who like to jump into these conversations and just like let off the steam that they, they, they think about all day long. But then Diane Ravitch jumps in. Sharif, tell me about Diane Ravitch. Like, like she's blocked me, but she actually inter- engaged with you on this. What was her, her take on all this? Yeah. So Diane wanted to, uh, very similarly chime in and really talk about that the free market never supplies democracy or equality. It doesn't produce quality. And, you know, I just asked her like, Hey, guess who else hasn't supplied equity or democracy for millions of black children? Like, you know, she, as you said, like she's a historian, so she should, this should be a very easy answer for her. Right. She refused to answer. Like right. the, the bottom line is, and, and I, I said this to her before, like, Charter schools are about 25, 26 years old, less than 30. Mm-hmm. So when my grandparents were struggling to find schools for their collective eight children, nobody was talking about a charter school was the issue. They were the schools that existed, the schools that in the neighborhood in West Philadelphia that were crap. And they said, you know what? I cannot in, in, in full conscious, being a conscious parent, I cannot put my parents, my children there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Diane, where, where have you with all of this? And, you know, it's, it's frustrating for me for folks like Diane uh, before Carol Burris, before she blocked me, uh, <laughs> you know, she was also in and Carol was supposed to visit. She, made, right. she was supposed to visit mastery. Cause I, the things I was telling her, she like, Oh, you know what? I have to come visit. Cause I was like, when, I was like, when you were a principal, did you, were you in a black school? She mm-hmm. said, no. I'm like, have you taught or worked in a black school? No. I'm like, so where are you coming from with all the answers? Right. And so, and there's an army of them. So there's Carol, there's Diane, there's Jennifer Berkshire, who doesn't even have kids and lives in one of the whitest areas of Massachusetts. There's Jack who works with her, Jack Schneider, who's a, you know, American historian. He's writing books about how, how our schools really aren't failing. They really are great. They're just amazing. They're awesome. And, you know, I could keep going down the list. You have this wide uh, network of, uh, white people who are not self-aware enough to know that they had a very different experience with American public schools Extremely than anybody else different. did. Very different. And, and, and actually, in Diane's case, it's even worse because she put her kids in private schools. She knew that they, the, the schools were crap all of her adult life. It's not until now, you know, more recently in, in years that she decided that they're, they're great now. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, not good enough for hers, but you know what? They good enough for y'all. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's like the, it's like the typical, you know, plantation owner. That's right. Beating the black folks, right. the crap right. that they feed pigs. Like that's, that's, right. that's how I look at Diane and the Carol's like you're up on this hill. Y'all, y'all gotta stop this. No, no, no. <laughs> this, it is what it is. You, you, these plantation owners, they had this plantation lifestyle and then right. yet they're going to tell people, who are who are scraping in those daggone shacks down the hill and say like this is good enough for you this right. is the best that you this is the best you deserve that's you my issue with it this is what i think is funny too is like when you escape like when you want to get into some other building how or do something you? else how they're dare like, you this like a runaway slave yeah they're like, they're like 
You're messing up the system. You're messing, you're up, messing the, up the system. Well, how dare you? This is this is our system. It's how dare you? It's an educational caste system, and how dare you do anything to undermine it? Like that's a yeah. like other than that, like what are you talking about? Like and and you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying like charters is the panacea. Like every school has to do better. Right. But just to constantly say, oh, that one sector is the only part that in the whole system that needs to get better means that you're lying to people. You're lying to you. I don't even think you're lying to yourself because, you know, the truth, because you would not put your kid at, at the schools that my grandparents wouldn't put their kids in. And they've said, I'll be damned if you put my grandchildren in those same schools. Right. Okay, so, so think about think about, think about this for a second. Right. So you I'm just sure. went and you and you talked about the historical pretext of slavery and how. The plantation owners fed the slaves the bottom of the barrel in terms of food. Now think about what that did to our genetics in terms of like how most of us are predisposed to like diabetes, um, heart issues, and like all this other stuff and whatnot. And so now we are kind of pre- Because the pattern of eating may have stayed yes. the same. Now, right. Yeah, I was about to say, we're not predisposed to that, bro. I just, I just want to stop you right now. We're not predisposed to that. Bro. We are eating, yes. we are eating the wrong things in big quantities, which makes us predisposed to diabetes. You can't be like, oh, I'm let predisposed me, me to diabetes. Why? You just okay. ate a cake. You ate an entire cake. <laughs> you are not predisposed. You ate no, a cake. No, no. All right. So maybe, maybe not diabetes, but def- definitely <laughs> high blood pressure. Definitely you, ain't, you ain't like 82 ribs. <laughs> you got, <laughs> you got, oh, I got high blood pressure. I don't even know why. Really? No, that no, no, no. Wait no, a minute. Genetic, genetic. Dude, black in America will raise your blood pressure. First of all, having Diane Ravish lecture me about <laughs> NWCP, my blood pressure go up. Do you think that they don't know? I mean, are they clueless about the fact that the NWCP has never been a black organization? They, but that's the thing; they don't know jack about no, our experience stupid, right? and our they're existence. Stupid, yeah, right? They don't know. But she's a historian and she doesn't even know that the NAACP is, has historically not been a black organization. I'm not shocked You know how many white historians have not read a book about actual black people? <laughs> That's no. because they don't care. That's because they don't care. They don't care about your black ass. I know. And then we got to read about them, though. We got to read about Columbus. We got to read about, like, all their people, the I founding mean, that's fathers. The main, that's the main reason so many, you know, black people are just more aware Right. Like pound for pound, black people, because not only do you have to know your history, you've been shoved their history down. So you actually know two parts of of, you know, two narratives. That's right. They typically know one narrative. And that's the reason why they were like, oh, you know, that that person's so wise. It's not I'm you know, we're not why we're average. You just you just got one <laughs> narrative all the time, and you just got to reinforce yourself all the time. You know, lecture me about NAACP and Martin Luther King, man. Like that's the worst. White people don't lecture black people about Martin Luther King. Don't quote "I had a dream." All right, like please just stop it. First of all, it's a weapon. Exactly. First of all, expand your reading about yeah, Dr. Right. King, number one. Thank you. But find out the radical Dr. King. Find out like some of the deeper conversations he was having. Right? Find out about that, then come have a conversation. And That's I just like- want to say this, because this is not gonna be popular, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Uh, it's not like Dr. King is black Jesus. Wait, wait, right? wait, 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 like, wait, you know, wait. There, don't there's more than Dr. King. There's more than Dr. King in history, right? Like, Dr. King is their 
uh, black example of what they want us to always remember and be. He is a fascinating character in American history. He, he was a enormous character in American history, but he's not black Jesus. It's not like there weren't Bro, other black. They hated black, Dr. King. They hated him. That's true. That's, that's, that's very true. true. They, they, they loved him though once he died. Of course, but that's how they always are. Look, I was in Congress the other day, and I haven't been there since I was a kid. You know how many statues of people that they massacred are in that building? <laughs> like, on top of it, inside. Of it. It's like Native Americans, all statues. All I'm like, damn, these people will literally kill you and then build you a monument. I mean, it's like a Twilight Zone episode in that they they hate you while you're alive, so they cast a spell on you and you become stone in the halls of Congress, right? Like they they love you when you're dead. They just love you when you're dead. But back to education, bro, because this is how they're killing us. They're killing us softly by boxing us in. Um, They've created this lovely romantic language around how public schools are the the cornerstone of democracy, the thing that brings us all together, the thing that creates like Americans, you know, takes many different types of people, diversity, teaches them how to live together and blah, blah. How dare you interrupt that? That lovely blanket that they put over the situation is what keeps us from being able to talk about the savage, brutal truth, which are schools where less than 1% of kids are going to be proficient in math. And we all know what happens to you if you are not learning in your early years or learning in school. We all know it's obvious. So why can't we talk about the obvious without, especially on Twitter <laughs> of all places, without the, the, our public schools are great brigade jumping in like howdy doody. I mean, like they, they're also, they're also precious and innocent. Like they all just love their schools and their teachers and how dare you. And just, it's, uh, it's just so precious. Aren't we done with precious? Aren't we done? I mean, haven't we had enough brutal bullshit happen to our people and to our kids to keep playing this game? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, again, like, Schools are microcosms of society. And if you think it's safe in society for black children, then you are just you're delusional. Like, you know, that question that you've, uh, you know, been been really elevating, Chris, about how are the children like that's like that's at the end of the day. How are they like specifically asked? And that's something that I had even asked uh, Stephen. Right. I asked him, like, you know, how are the black kids doing? And he didn't answer, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't answer. Of course not. He didn't answer. He just started. What his answer to me was to to uh, send me a copy of something he had written. <laughs> I'm like, bruh, you you like you're tweeting your own writing to me. And right I just now. want to tell you, he said you're not an expert. I don't respect right. your 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 uh your words in that level for you to be sending that to me. <laughs> bruh, his writing is terrible too. That's the other thing. Like some of these folks are real clowns. Like, I'm, wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not letting you do this. Where are right. you? What was what was that sound? Are you in jail? What the hell was that? Oh, I thought like, he was at a party again. At a party, a horn. What are you? Are you at Freak Nick? What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Ray is at Freak Nick. Why are you, why are you podcasting from Freak Nick, bro? <laughs> There's something wrong with you. Anyway, say what you were going to say. Yo, y'all gotta stop this. 
this is why he's not on video either. Exactly. <laughs> he probably really. But I appreciate that. Spare us. Spare us. Spare us. That's true. That's true. It probably looks like a Cardi B video wherever he's at right now. So we Leave don't want to see Cardi it. B alone. <laughs> Anyways, what, what do we have to stop, Ray? You, you, you're like y'all got to stop this. What do we have to? Yo, stop? y'all gotta y'all gotta stop bashing these white people, man. This is yo. They don't take it well. I mean, they don't. And listen, it's not because they're white. I just want to be real clear about this. This, you know, this could be like hella sound hella racist at some point if it weren't for the fact that they're jumping in our timelines and lecturing us about what's best for our own kids. Right. It could sound hella racist. But black people can't be racist. (laughs) Black people can be racist as hell. Black people can be racist as hell. Right. I could be racist if I want to. Don't steal my dreams from me. You saw my face. You know what I was about to say. I knew you were about to say it. Black people can't be racist. We need to have this argument again because black people can be racist as hell. Right. And, and, and this idea that we never have enough power to actually be racist. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Some of us make life and death decisions for some white people. So let's stop. Pretending. Uh, but anyways, I just I, I want to put it out there that because we say the word white doesn't mean that it's about white people or whiteness. It's about in this case, there's a group of people that aren't self-aware that they shouldn't be lecturing people who have been historically marginalized about what they're doing to get out of their marginalization, right? Like, like if we want to educate our kids in some other way or do something different, try a left turn or a right turn or whatnot, the best that they should say is just like, cool, <laughs> like whatever you want to do, you just do you. Cause we kind of did y'all wrong for a long period of time. You know, we did like for many years, you couldn't, we, we, by law, we couldn't teach you to read. <laughs> and then after that, by law, we like, you know, used reading against you with things like poll taxes for voting and other stuff like that. So if you go and merge now and start opening some of your own schools, doing your own thing, cool. That's what they should say. It's not what they do say. They come at you with knives out. And I think it's because your children represent pensions. <laughs> I'm just going to be real clear. Let's, let's just cut to the chase. Every head count, every time the head count goes down, um, an angel loses his wings in pension land, right? So I got, I got to stop you. I, yo, what are y'all right. doing? <laughs> I mean, but why? So, I mean, Am I lying? Am I lying? All they ever talk about is the money. Oh, you're taking money from public schools. You siphoning off money. No dumb shit. I'm moving my child from an education desert into a place that's a little less of an education desert, right? Might not be fantastic, but it's a little bit better. I'm not siphoning nothing. I'm moving my child, you dumb shit. Yeah, I mean, and I think that piece about self-awareness and just not understanding the context and not, I mean, really being so far removed from the realities of many, many thousands upon thousands of, of black children um, in our schools, right? Like, and so like when you, when you don't have that context, when you don't have um, parents who have explained like what their experience was um, going to, you know, a school for a, a traditional neighborhood school down the street from them for a week, when you didn't go yourself to one of these schools where you saw, um, you know, children just being told like, you know what, you can cook, biscuits all day and then you're going to get a diploma like nothing for like the career level right like nothing like that's what you're going to do like that's your education right like and so for them to not be able to one acknowledge because you know he's then he started talking about the democracy and i'm like listen first of all there's enough 
you know, we're first of all, number wise, I don't know if democracy works for black people. I was about anyway. to say. Right? Like when you when you talk about democracy and you are, you know, X percentage of, of, of the, the, the country and I'm uh, much smaller and then you're going to vote for my well-being based off of your history. I don't trust right. it. Like, no, nah, no, nah, no. Thank well, you. I'm and gonna... let's test. Let's test your theory, Sharif. OK, let's mm-hmm. just think logically about our system. If tomorrow all white people in America decided that black people had to wear uh, orange jumpsuits every day as a uniform and they wanted to pass that law, they could. Like That's right, democracy, right? It, it would be democracy theoretically if they all got together and had a meeting in Idaho, uh, and basically said, "I think we we think that black people should wear something that identifies them, like orange jumpsuits." Why? Why Idaho? For the one listener that we have in Idaho, why y'all trying to ostracize that person? I can't think of a whiter place. I, I just can't think of a whiter place than Idaho. But but I'm just saying, like, so, so that's one way to approach your point, uh, Sharif. And the other way, I would say, name some other things that happened under democracy in American history. Um, slavery. Slavery happened under American democracy. It, and it Jim was legal. Jim, it was Jim Crow. Crow. Jim Crow. That, and that was perfectly legal. That was Jim Crow's laws, right? Uh, 45. <laughs> 45. <laughs> I think that kind of happened in the democracy. And, and they can say what they want. Most white folks voted for him. He won all he won all white folks in terms of categories. He won yeah. college educated, non-college educated, what about, what old about the young, men. What women, about the women? Men, what about women. The young folks. He even yeah. got a third of the teachers. A third. Yeah, but a but third there's, there's, of there's, the teachers. There's a reason no. for there's a reason for that, bro. Uh, when you have eight I'm years, sure you have an answer you, for it. I, was about I to do. Say, tell <laughs> me. You have eight, tell you me. You have eight years. Eight years of an African American male as president. Man, these white folks was not. These white folks wanted to do everything that he had done. Uh, but listen, we got to stop saying that that 45 is in there because of Obama, because a lot of 45 reminds me of when I was a kid. Uh, I don't remember what number he was, but a lot of his his rhetoric sounded. I mean, of course, it's a little bit more on the, you know, like just gross level. A lot of it is very similar to what I remember Ronald Reagan speaking. No, oh, absolutely. No, whoa, absolutely whoa, 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 whoa. Where, no. did, where did Ronald, yes. answer this yes. for me. Where, yes. did Ronald, where did Ronald Reagan nope. announce his presidency? Nope. And, and what was I'm it like Mississippi? Nope. What, where in Mississippi? In, in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Yeah, right, right, like right around Philadelphia, Mississippi for a reason. For a reason. This is, it's the same train of thought, man. It's really not, bro. It's not. It's just, listen. I'm not gonna like sit here and defend Ronald Reagan, but uh, it sounds bro, like you want to defend. Bro, bro. Yo, oh, well, this is what I'm gonna say. Wait, he should no, be rolling wait. in his grave at Edward Hadman with 45. Like, listen. Oh, listen yeah, yeah, the only, the only thing he's saying. Did you hear the transcript? Wait, wait you hear the transcript of the conversation that he had when he called black people animals? Are you kidding wait, me? Wait, here, here's Ronald Reagan. He no, he's right. Chris is right. He's rolling around because he's like, <laughs> yo, 45. You ain't supposed to be saying it this loud. You ain't, you ain't supposed to be spewing it like this. Like, okay. that's, that's why. So Ronald Reagan actually was for immigration, not against it. He actually wanted a path to citizenship for, uh, for immigrants, for Mexican immigrants. He wasn't against it. He was actually for a lot of civil rights things that people don't talk about. 
right? And one of the things that I think is really important is that he was very clear about who our global enemies were. And he knew like hell that Russia was not our friend. Right. This is the most important thing that I think we're forgetting right now that he should be rolling in his grave about is we have a person who can't put two words together, has no I mean, Reagan, for whatever, like in Reagan's first term, people who didn't vote for Reagan um, hated that man, despised him. And when it came time for him to run again, most of the country, even people who had voted against him, liked him. Right. His, 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 his approvals had gone up in the time. It was because he had the sunny optimism. I'm not like trying to defend him. I'm just trying to say the difference between him and 45 couldn't be more big, like couldn't be wider. You, you sound like you don't sound like no libertarian right now. <laughs> I mean, listen, he did a lot. He did a lot of stuff that was not very libertarian at all. Like, I just want to be that's why I'm saying I don't want to defend him in that way. I just don't want to like this is the thing I hate with educators, period, is I don't want to make the public or our listeners dumber um, just in general, like by by like scouting out like 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 we should be accurate about our things. Forty five is in a league of his own. We have never had a dumber president who talks dumber, who talks uh, like in, in sixth grade and third grade. And, yeah, and how he talks has ruined everything. Their policies, the policies have been terrible. From people been of terrible. color, I don't, I just don't see. And I, and again, I was, I was young, but from what I remember, and I, I will, I like to challenge. I will go back and re- read some more. Well, well we, you're not gonna like him if you read him. I mean, I'm just, just listen. I'm just telling you from a kid who, and this is, I remember this from my fifth grade political science class. We had poli sci as, as elementary school kids at Nathamosasa. So I, I'm recalling the th- the policies that he was going through and, and how people were suffering, what was going on in Central America under him, his foreign policy, all of that stuff. That's true. That's yeah. true. That's it, true. It, it was abysmal. It was dirty the way it all ended, too. So I will say that, you know, in the end, there was a lot of pardons. There was a lot of like, you know, people who got arrested for things. You know, we don't talk about that very much. But but, you know, uh, George Bush, when he came in, the the first Bush had had a lot to clean up. But 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 back to our situation, because white history is moving forward in the ways that it always did in a linear line, very powerfully with a lot of money and big weapons and an entire military behind it. So white, mm-hmm. white history is moving forward, right? In, in all ways and aspects. And they have elected a president, a Congress, all the governors, they're taking the courts. So like it's all white power right now. So that's all their thing. We can sit around and decide that we want to do nothing. We can say we just want to join the team and go with them. We could do the Candace Owens thing, just basically like, F it, we're not black anymore. Let's just do this thing. Let's just switch over. Um, or we could start thinking through something Wait, I always say. Candace Owens, go ahead. Candace Owens is, you know, is a uh, a black conservative of sorts. She's really an entertainer, but she's she's a black oh, okay. conservative of sorts. Not not I I shouldn't say that because conservatives are studied, learned people, and she she's not that. So what she is is an entertainer. She's a, a right wing entertainer. Is I think is a better way to say it. She's like um, those uh those two. Who was that? They somebody diamond and silk. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I'm yes. like, yeah. Why don't don't tweet yeah. them to me? Like, hey, hey yeah. I, she's I, a little I, better than Diamond and Silk. Okay. Because Diamond and Silk, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. That that's a paycheck somewhere. But 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 you know, we could we have options. We can join. 
or we could sit around and gripe, or we could black lives matter ourselves to death. It's all, oh my God, it's all inequitable. You know, we could do that forever. Or we could just start educating our children because there has never been a revolution predicated on illiteracy, never, right? That has never worked for any people that wanted to free themselves. Being like large scale um, illiteracy and numeracy, those things have never worked for us. So I think that's why we always come back to education. Right. It's, it's the foundation. It's the it's the start. It's the end. It's the end game. It's it's the it's the today. It's the tomorrow. It is the future. Like without it, like we are lost. Like it just it just can't happen. That's why we have okay. to fight for it every single moment that that we um that we take a breath. Like it's there's no when I was when I first became a teacher, just being able to see the direct con- and deep connection between social racial and educational justice it is the same thread and you, it can't be separated right and so like mm-hmm. if we're if we're thinking critically then we have to do every single thing we can to make sure that our our youth are educated by any means necessary well, and we have a nation of kids that are in schools like this Steel Valley Middle School, which to me, those are starter prisons. When you have uh, the type of outcomes that they have, those schools are diminishing the minds of black children. I don't know how many ways we have to talk about this is like the deck being stacked. They're getting the worst instruction from teachers that aren't prepared for them um, in circumstances that aren't, aren't um, good for, for educating children. Um, and when we come along and talk about an alternative, suddenly we're enemies of the state. Right. But enemies of the state is a good thing. Right? <laughs> like, like to be an enemy of the state is kind of like not the bad thing that, that, that people, you know, want to say it is. Ray, you have been uh, a little bit uh, silent on this. What's going on at Freak Nick, bro? <laughs> Let's throw it to yo, you. Yo, y'all got to stop this, man. <laughs> like, stop like, you keep telling man. us to stop. I got to stop this. But listen, listen. So you're absolutely right in terms of like, you know, just like how we're pivoting. And I love, this is why, this is why I love this podcast. And this is why I go back and I listen to episodes when I, and I learn from, and then it's my professional development is because man, you guys hit on those salient points that like nobody else wants to talk about, but we're out here talking about it right now. We're not scared to talk about these things. And that's why I love y'all bros, man. Missing Charles tonight, but you know, this definitely makes me think in terms of just like what I want for our kids. So thank you, fellas. I think it's, you know, um, a great call out. And, and and I love it that we do this too. I mean, we started this as a conversation just amongst us, right? Because we are of like minds in, in this part, the part where we know we have to educate all of our kids. But the discussion has to expand, right? The, it, 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 our leadership and people in leadership need a more honest conversation about the condition of our kids. But like the how are our children question should be top of mind for any black candidate running for anything anywhere. They should really be thinking this through. Uh, you're a black congressman. Let's talk about the kids in your district. Let's talk about those schools. I don't want to talk about how the public employees have funded you to run and help you win. What I want to talk about are how are the children in your congressional district? And where do your own children go? <laughs> I, want, I want both of those. I, you know, that should be... You know, like like step one is, okay. before we start this conversation, where did you go to school and where do your kids go to school right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh Because that Um, lack of transparency is, uh, 
you know, and then for people to start talking about like, oh, you know, democracy and other, you know, like I, when I talk to the, some of these politicians, like 27% of their uh, constituents send their kids to the neighborhood schools. Mm-hmm. And of course they don't themselves. Right. And so they, they is slightly less because they don't, their family isn't. And, but yet they're constantly, some of them are constantly showing just the, the, uh, the flags of, of hypocrisy. I mean, y'all have heard me tell this story again before, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, when I was on the school board, we were closing a school that was terrible and it was like almost no kids in the school. It was, a, you know, uh, I think it was maybe 300 kids in a school built for 1600 and it was costing us a lot of money to keep these kids in this building, but there was a lot of alumni who were like, oh my God, I went to this school in the seventies and it was wonderful and it set me up for life and blah, blah, blah. And uh, there was one year I think where they had 11% proficiency and not a single boy was amongst that. Like it was all girls that that had gotten that 11%, right? So we were gonna close the school and send these kids to a better school, uh, another public school, another district school, not far away that had room and where the kids were doing better. And we had a public hearing and there was like a couple of hundred people that came out for that public hearing. And it was one person speaking after another about how great the school was. They were wearing their alumni jackets. But before we started, we said parents get to speak first. If you are a parent of a current student in this school. And do you know, we had to sit there and wait and there wasn't uh, anybody stepped up to the mic. Eventually, one person stepped up and it was a white mom who was sending her daughter to an all black school because she was in the gifted program and the gifted program had like one student and it was her daughter. Right. Yeah, they kid him. No, but this is what's so crazy about this story is. We had three black elected officials in Minnesota. We don't have a ton of black elected officials. Yeah, I was about to say, I have three. Like, <laughs> we wow. had three send us a letter to the school board chastising us. How dare you take away this public institution from this neighborhood, blah, 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 blah. Also, one of the three had their kid in not just a private school, but the best private school in, in Minneapolis. Um, another one had his kid in another uh, private school, not the best, but the second best. And the third one was sending his kids to schools in the suburbs through a, a school choice program to get them out of the neighborhood. Mm. So we are talking about three elected people who wanted to chastise us about how socially unjust it was, but their kids weren't going to the school that was right there in the middle of their district. Right. Yeah. I mean, they never do. I mean, they, I like, I just, I haven't, I haven't come across um, many that, that, um, that do that. Maybe that should be the challenge. Maybe we should challenge all of our good elected officials to put their kids in the worst performing uh, public schools nearest to them. Why don't we do that? Why don't that be the challenge? They're not doing that, bro. They're not doing that. I know, but we can challenge them to do it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, damn, if they're going to tell us that these schools are good enough for somebody, I mean, that's like telling people in Flint, drink the water. It's just fine. Right. It's kind of like, well, you ain't drinking. Well, you knock it off. Will you knock this shit well, off? That is true. Didn't, didn't they say the government officials there were actually bottling water for themselves? Like they, they were, were drinking bottled water in their right. offices and stuff while they were. This was while it was still a secret. They knew. Right. And they were still pumping it into the homes for people to, you know, to get sick off of. And while the kids were getting learning disabilities from it, they were drinking bottled water while that was happening to to the kids. Right. And Sharif, this happened under what? 
democracy under democracy right (laughs) (laughs) under democracy right like ain't democracy awesome isn't like don't you love our democratic institutions flint is a democratic uh democratically run city anyways let's wrap up fellas let's get our last points in this show has been about being lectured on twitter by teachers who won't either who either one won't tell us what the results are or two have really bad results and have no business lecturing anybody but what say you fellas yeah, my, my closing statement, in addition to, to that, if you are a, a white person, um, unless you've gone out of your way to um, to educate yourself about the experiences of black people, which is it most of you, um, you should really be quiet about what the experiences of black people actually is. Um, we're not a monolith, uh, but there's a common thread um, for it, particularly around education, that we have always been struggling to find educational justice in this country, and it has not been provided by your democratic institutions. So stop, just stop it. And don't tell me about Martin Luther King either. <laughs> or the NAACP. Yeah, just, just stop. All right, going to Ray at Freak Nick. Tell yeah, us what's up, Ray. Bro. <laughs> Yo, man, y'all gotta stop saying that. <laughs> That's always Ray, Ray is hashtag stop saying that. Stop saying that. Yo, That's all you can yo, say. I, feel, I feel like this whole episode has been me telling y'all to stop saying stuff, man. Like, yo, <laughs> man, but but um, but you guys are absolutely right in terms of like white folks lecturing us about what's best for our kids. Um, I feel like I'm focusing my dissertation around those areas of black expertness and going in to talk to black principals about what's best for black kids. I feel like it's super important to me, super important to the work that we do for me to lend a voice to black school leaders to uh, highlight the work that they're doing around black centered learning for kids. Love it. Um, so in closing, I will just say, um, as you said, Ray, I love this discussion. I love that we do this and we have this podcast and we talk as intelligent black men, even when we don't uh, agree on a lot of things. And even when you're in undisclosed locations, uh, I love this conversation. Um, and I, to our listeners, uh, I want to say two things. The first one is um, don't close your ears just because we're saying white. Because to be very honest with you, some of our own people are fall into this category too. We collect lectures sometimes from our own people that are te- teaching in trash schools, schools with really terrible results. So let me put that there. But one thing that I'm never doing, I'm never jumping in your timeline, preaching to you about what's best for white children. I'm just never doing that. You will never see me doing that. Um, what's best for you. I'm always talking about my own kids. So why don't we just make a pact? You do you. I do me. And we don't have to lecture each other about anything. This is America. We can have different options and different ways of seeing things. So why don't we just make a pact and do that? The second thing in closing, I will say, if you have made it to this point in the podcast, if you have made it this far into the podcast, um, I will say this. I'm going to offer you a book of black history of your choosing from Amazon. Send me an email telling me you made it to this point. Tell me what book you want. I will go on Amazon and I will send it to your house. The first three people, a black history book of your choosing or a black author of your choosing will be sent to you. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Tyrone, Tyrone, 
No, this is not apply to you. Tyrone, bro. <laughs> bro, you done got every book, right? Like, like, like you gonna have a library from listening to our podcast. He's the intellect. He's, he's um, reason. Look, also want to just shout out uh, the the new podcast with our sisters, School. Uh, make sure y'all y'all listen to it. They're gonna be dope. They already have their first episode out, as well as our Latino brothers, the EPW podcast. Just shout out. We're re- I'm really excited that we have three sets of, of podcasts going out there, really talking about our communities and our experiences. And and I'm um, looking forward to, to continuing doing the work. It's a great conversation that's expanding. If you go to citizen.education um, and look at the Eight Black Hands podcast page, uh, eventually those other podcasts will show up there. So if you need help finding them, or you can find us on Twitter and we'll be able to point you to those two new uh, podcast also. Thank you so much for listening to the Eight Black Hands. We love our listeners. Everywhere we go, we're hearing from people that they listen to it, this little DIY project that we put together, and we love it. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stuart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening. 